Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back once again to my channel and podcast, Stephanie's Blessed Life. So today's episode for Getting to Know Me podcast, I will be talking about from an agnostic to a follower of Jesus. Okay, for those of you who remember from previous episodes and from all my other videos, I did mention that I grew up in a non-Christian home. Right, so majority of my family members are either Taoist, Buddhist, free thinkers, agnostics like myself, or atheist. Though I really cannot say for sure what is the difference between being a free thinker and an agnostic, but for those of you who have any knowledge, please feel free to leave in the comments. Right. So I grew up, you know, just following my family's practices, even though I never really knew what it meant at that time. I was just doing what I was told, you know. And my biological mother would bring me to the temple, you know, over here in Singapore at Rocho. Which is the central part of Singapore, you know, to pray and whatnot. And then, ever since I was five, I moved in with my late grandmother as well as her daughter and her son-in-law. Uh, her son-in-law, aka my uncle, is a Taoist priest, and so he worked as a priest that performed funeral rites as well as other religious. I say these other religious things that need to be done. Like for instance, if any family decides to remove the statues or whatever from the altar, yeah, they will contact him and he will be doing the necessary rites for them in order to like bring them elsewhere or burn, yeah, whatever, you know. And so I never really hear much about. Jesus, when I was growing up, even though I knew deep down inside, ever since the age of eight, um, already having classmates or friends who grew up in Christian homes, they talk about Jesus and how he is, you know, loving and the greatest man that ever walked the earth. I didn't know what it meant. I only knew that Jesus was God at that time, and his mother is Mary, and his father is Joseph. Of course, this did the couple Mary and Joseph were chosen by God to raise the the incarnation of Jesus, meaning Jesus when he was born into this world as a man. But at that time, I have no idea, you know, what it meant. And then people be telling me Jesus is the son of God. I'm like, what do you mean Jesus is the son of God? I thought he's the son of Joseph and Mary. You know, <laughs> I was about eight or nine at that time, and something told me deep down inside, as eight was the time that I started to have many questions. How did the world came to exist? How humans came to walk the earth, and how the other creatures came. And I remember asking my biological father once when he came to visit. I said, "Hey, Dad, how did we humans come into existence?" And he responded, "We evolved out of nowhere." 
and at the age of eight you you will know when someone is to tell you out of nowhere you have the tendency to ask where is nowhere nowhere has to be somewhere right we all have to come from somewhere we don't just come out of nowhere i don't know how i feel that way but i already knew at the time i as a person coming out of nowhere doesn't sit right with, with my heart or even my gut mind you I mean, if you're an atheist and you're watching this or listening to this, fine. If you want to believe that you evolve out of nowhere, you know, I have no issues with that. You know, for this, this um, channel is not for me to like tell you what you should believe and what is right. Yeah, so <laughs> it didn't sit right with me at that time when my father told me that we evolved out of nowhere. And so, as years gone by, and I started to read a lot of books and for one of my book review videos and podcast episodes I talk about one of my favorite series that I, I enjoyed reading as a child called The Chronicles of Narnia The Chronicles of Narnia is very closely linked to the Bible itself they are talking about the creation of the universe of, in this case, of Narnia and the surrounding countries and Jesus' death on the cross, you know, bearing the wrongdoings of others, was portrayed by the great lion Aslan, you know, being slain at a stone table, bound, all fours bound, and being muzzled. Um, this is representing what Edmund did, you know, by betraying his brothers and sisters, as well as Aslan's coming to the White Witch. Is pretty similar to the instance Judas Iscariot, one of Jesus' 12 disciples, betraying Jesus to the high priest, the Pharisees, and everybody else in the, in the temple of God. Yep. And then there is also the last battle. You know there are many books of us in between for the last battle, which is the final book of the Chronicles of Narnia. It is similar to the book of Revelations when you talk about false prophets coming into the world, pretending to be Christ or preaching another gospel other than instead of just, you know, preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ, which is basically his finished work on the cross. But when the false prophets come, they will talk about they are the Christ or here is the Christ, go out and meet him and they will have whatever the abilities to perform signs and wonders that everybody will follow them. So in the case of the last battle, it is likewise. People, the Narnians and some of the Narnians, you know, they join forces with the Kalormans. For those of you who are familiar with the Chronicles, the Kalormans and the Narnians were never friends. You know, or at least they pretty much mind their own business unless there's some conflict of interest or yeah, there's something that they want. But other than that, they just stay to themselves. And then for whatever reason, some of the Narnians joined forces with the Kalormans and started to preach about a new Aslan that seemed so angry and so different from the Aslan that the Narnians knew. And there are those of them who were afraid and so fearful that they believed whatever they heard. And there are also those who like King Tyrion who stood firm until the very end, refusing to believe and acknowledge the new Aslan even though it kind of got to him at one point, but he knew this wasn't true, you know? <laughs> yep, and 
by reading that series, you know, my heart started to have the conviction of the truth. You know, the truth of what things uh, really are. Creation of the world, the existence of one God, and most importantly, the perfect finished work of Christ, and how Christ is the bridge between God and mankind. And I also remember in this part of the Voyage of the Dawn Treader, the fifth book of the Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan did mention that he was the great bridge builder. And this really stuck with me, even way before I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. And even after that, it pretty much started to make sense. Great bridge builder. Obviously, it's not the literal bridge that we build and you know, over across the river or whatever. But bridge as in the mediator between persons. In this case, for us, the mediator between God and man. Yes. And then, yeah. And I didn't know who to ask at that time. I couldn't talk to my family about this because they are not really into the idea of Christianity. So if I ever brought this up, I might get hours of lecture or I, even, I might even get scolded for it. So I kept to myself. You know, just wishing and maybe I was praying, I didn't know. Praying that the truth will reveal itself unto me in due time. And sure enough, as I was um, beginning my education in secondary school, one of the teachers whom I will not name, you know, for the sake of privacy, and she took me aside once and she told me about her ministry, as well as about the gospel of Jesus and I knew then and there that this is the answer that I've been looking for even though I didn't go to her ministry I didn't attend her prayer meetings but my heart was moved to hear that I mean I attended a Christmas party you know before that and uh, it was at a church and I felt the peace that I never truly felt when I was growing up. Right? Hold on a second, guys. Let me go. Yeah, lock the door because my family is back uh, and they might start yeah, walking in and out. guys I'm back yeah so basically that was shortly before my 14th birthday when I when she told me about her ministry and it was three days after my 14th birthday I was born on the 31st of January and so I accepted Christ on 3rd of February after I asked friend of mine at that time who have been following Jesus for a while. What do I need to do you know, to be a part of the Jesus family? And he said, when, when you can, say his prayer. And he told me uh, roughly what to say, but obviously I can you know, input my own words you know, in the salvation prayer, by thanking Jesus for loving me and for giving his life to me. And then inviting him to be 
my Lord and Savior. Yeah. And ever since that day, even though it took me many years to realize, my life was changed forever. You know, I didn't tell anyone. You know, I didn't tell my family about my decision because I knew they wouldn't take kindly to it. To that, I mean, and I brought home the Bible in Braille to read, and I brought home the audio Bible to listen. The Bible in Braille wasn't mine; it belonged to my friend at the time, as well as yeah, to my teacher who pointed me to Christ. I only got my own Braille Bible some years later. Yeah, I don't know how my family found out about it, but probably they saw yeah the Braille Bible on my desk. Even though it's in Braille, but the title itself has print. So, yeah, they they saw it, and possibly they could see that there's a change in my behavior. You know, when it comes to certain things, it's like I would just much rather, you know, stay to myself and just do my own thing rather than like bothering anyone. Even though I never really much bother anyone over the years, but. It seems that ever since then, I've spent much more time reading, and when I read, I seem to be pondering a lot of things. And before I eat, you know, you know, we'll thank God for the food and and ask that He bless the food and bless all of us. Even though I be praying quietly without a sound, they saw my lips moving, and they were they already knew that this is one of the change that I've shown. They weren't happy, mind you. They weren't happy about my decision, even though they accept every religion as it is. But they were not happy with my choice. Let's say for years, my late grandmother and my aunt and my uncle, the three of them, would be lecturing me about, you know, I'm a Chinese. I should, you know, continue to worship the gods of my ancestors. Why do I worship the god of a foreign land? And I remember I read in the Bible that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth, so He is not only the God of any specific group of people; He's the God of all peoples. And of course, you know this this is up to uh, people's uh, beliefs in what they want to believe. You know, even though the truth is there. Unfortunately, for many people, they choose to believe what they want to believe. To me, it is fine. All right, you know, I'm not one to force you to believe in something if you do not want to. Yeah, but what I notice about people is they choose what they want to believe, even though things that is nothing to do with religion, even when it comes to certain people, they pretty much know what certain people are, but they still choose to believe in their own fantasy of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so many can tell me different stories. Anyone from any religion can say, "My religion is better because my God is this," or "My religion is better because this is this." There are many different stories and different theories, many different forms of beliefs in the human society. I find. And so, since I know beyond the shadow of any doubt that Christianity is the path for me, so yeah, I embrace it at all costs. Even though I was really stressed out, you know, why is it that so many people can practice 
their own religion freely in their homes, but for me, I cannot. And as a believer in Christ Jesus, I cannot partake in certain rituals in the family, like for instance, holding the joystick to pray to my ancestors or pray to the gods. I didn't want to do it, but at some uh, at some point during my early years, they were pretty much for- forcing me to do it. You know, they they say that since they are the ones who raised me, so I have to do exactly as they say. It's not that I'm throwing them under the bus right now by saying this, but you know, I'm just talking about my experience in the early years of me accepting Christ and the food that's being offered on the altar. I am not supposed to eat because it's already been offered. Still, I had to eat, and I was scared, you know, to stand up and say, "Hey, I'm sorry, sir, and I thank you for the food, but I can't eat because it's offered already." It took me many years before I can finally have the courage, you know, to say no to offered food, food and fruits. And people be wondering why is it that nowadays I seem to be so picky when it comes to food. It is not just it is not just me. Being picky because I didn't want to eat certain things, but I can't eat certain things, especially those that are already offered. You know? Yeah. So I I dare say the first few years of my walk with the Lord is really very hard. Yeah. But like all things, you know, God works for the good of those who love Him. I was willing to follow Him, even though I knew it's going to be hard. I'm glad, you know, I overcame all of that. Because in the later years, which is in recent years, basically the second half of the 2010s, more trials start to come my way. You know, trials that I never knew I would survive until I walked through them by the grace of God. Yes, and it was during those years that I started having those trials. You know. And those years that I started to walk away from the Lord, I didn't know I was walking away, you know, until I was in quite a dark place. Once, I was believing in the worldview of I'm the captain of my soul, the master of my own fate, and I can control what happens to me, what I want to do with my life. For I was determined to pursue music, if you remember, and I thought, and I even said it out loud. That it is me who is in control. It is me who will choose what to do. No one is going to tell me otherwise. Yes, no man can tell me what to do. It's true, you know. No man can tell you what to do. But when it comes to God, it's different. God made us. He has every right to tell us what to do and what not to do. Okay. But during the years, you know, when I was just like in my teens and stepping into my early twenties, I didn't care. It, to the point that I started to wonder, why is it that I chose to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus? It seems that everything is wrong. You know, it's like I cannot do anything without being told in the face that it's wrong. I cannot do this. I cannot do that. You know, and uh, when people start to talk to me that. I have to submit to the will of God because what He wants from me is different. Even though it's all very well, you know, it is for sure that God's will is better for me. But at my age back then, stepping into my twenties and thinking I knew everything, I didn't care. 
It's not that I didn't acknowledge God as God. It is not that, you know, I was unhappy being a Christian, but I just didn't feel that I was ready to be led to the unknown. I just wanted to do things my way or no way at all. And pride pretty much got a hold of me, you know, as my music playing was beginning to thrive more and more, I started to drift away from God. I started to think that it is I who work for it. It is the people that have helped me that have helped me to come this far. I didn't even think that it was God who gave me the courage and have been the strength for me to work for it. I never thought it was God who sent those people into my life to help me. Basically, all I did was for me and me only. All I wanted was to do what I do best. Yes, I still want to do what I do best right now, but the trajectory is different. What I do best, I want to do the will of God best. Not my will, not anybody's will, but God's will. Right? And things tend to happen like this. If God is speaking to you and you do not listen, you think he will give, give up on you? No. For a father disciplines those you know he loves, so he will continue to talk to you to the point that when he talks, it will come as though like a thump to your head. Yes, back in 2018, my head was pretty much thumped. Not literally, of course, <laughs> but figuratively. Every single thing I tried to attempt, which would have gone very well, like how they usually did, it all went wrong. It's that everything, everything seemed to backfire on me. Not to 2018, actually. 2017, I already started to feel the pangs of some of my decisions. Like the reaction that I get from people, that I get from circumstances, tend to be, yeah, stinging, I should say. Sting or the sting of a warp. Not that I've been stung by one, but you know, you get what I mean. Yeah, so it, it, even though I had to go through what I go through in 2017, which was pretty much the hardest year of my life for the time being, besides 2020, you know, 2017 was really the hardest year of my life. And 2018 was when I started to have that resolve that I've strayed way too far for way too long, it seems. 2017, I started to read the Bible again. I started to listen to sermons, you know, after like three, three years of not doing those. Because I, I realized that there's a Bible app that I can download on my phone to read and then I started to make be friends with people on Facebook who are brothers and sisters in Christ and I read a lot of their posts and the devotionals and at some point despite how angry I was with myself or with God I really have no idea even though I believe I was angry with God but I think it was with myself or with whoever that may be with how did I even get there, you know? Believing that I was strong and I was capable, but I allowed certain things to make me question my worth. 
mean, just because one person walk out on me, claiming to have loved me and care about me, doesn't mean that I'm any less worthy. And just because somebody said what they said about me, not measuring up, it still doesn't make me any less worthy. Because if Jesus says yes, nobody can say no, right? But I just didn't care, you know. I was angry. I was angry. But then, on a Good Friday in 2017, I just felt a reawakening, like the prodigal son realizing how even a servant at his father's house had food to eat, whereas he was starving out there. And I started to to realize how even those who may be doing Small task for the kingdom of God have so much joy and fulfillment, whereas I am craving for something which I didn't even know what. You know, it was a Good Friday. No kidding, a Good Friday, and I was scrolling through Facebook, and one of my friends happened to share a devotional about Good Friday, and I just felt the tugging in my heart, which I've not felt for years. The tugging that Jesus is the only way and the answer to all my questions, like how I felt when I was 14. Exactly, it was seven years then, exactly seven years since I first felt the tugging. Yeah, and so I rededicated my life back to God. I still have my ups and downs, of course. I, I wasn't really saved yet. I always tell people, even though I accepted Christ at the age of 14, but I wasn't saved until I was 22. 2011, uh, bleh, sorry, 2017 was when I was like 21. Yes, I made the decision to go back to my heavenly father. I made the decision to follow Jesus again. You know, I started to read the Bible. I read more devotionals. I, I listened to sermons. And oh my Lord, the sound of the fighter planes. Yep, so sorry for the sound. Yeah, this the fighter planes are just so damn loud. I don't know why. <laughs> yep. Yep, so I listened to sermons and there were quite a whole lot of trials in that year itself that left me having no one and nothing else to do about them but only to pray. Because when it comes to friendships, I realized I realized that they were not my real friends, you know. You know what in life when you do better than people, not everybody will celebrate you, not everyone is happy for you. Yeah, those are the people that started to you know, go behind my back and like looking for ways to drag me down with them. <laughs> you know, and then with the person that I thought was was supposed to be my confidant started to mock me more and more because I decided to embrace Christianity again and then with school not being any better for me lots of work to be done lots of change to adapt yeah all I had left was to pray the prayer was the best thing and still is and it's the only thing we can do whatever we are faced with and in the coming months for sure, all the way until the day that we, uh, the day of reckoning, 
so to speak. When I feel, or when I was truly saved, there was much testing, much um, recognition about me. How even though within my best efforts I try to be a better person, there are still so many things that need to be rid of if I were to be like Christ. And so things happen to test, to try, to push me. You know, I would say my haters got more and more. <laughs> my haters couldn't stand me even more, and I was just. So lost to what to do, I was just wondering why is it that I'm just minding my own business? I'm just doing the things that I know I need to do as a student. But why couldn't people just leave me alone? You know. And then even the people that I thought have my back decide to turn their backs on me when I was at the lowest point. I was tempted to just give up, mind you. Even though I didn't know how I'm going to do it, but I was just tempted to just give up and just let time slip by. I mean, why should I even care? The things that I care deeply about seem to be bringing more, bringing me much more trouble than I realize. The people that I care about and loved turn out to be people that are only using me for their own amusement or for their own personal agenda. So I could barely trust anyone, not even myself. All I wanted to do was just give up. I started to feel depressed, and anxious. It's like, despite how hard I have worked, how much effort I've put in, some people that I thought always view me in the best light started to shift his attention to somebody else. Somebody who seemed to have it all very easy, for all I all that concerns. You know, that somebody seemed to have it very easy. Only after a couple years that I realized nobody had it easy. It may seem that she had it very easy, but who knows what she went through behind closed doors? Like back in those days when, yeah, that particular person viewed me in such a bright light. There are people out there who think I have it easy, but the truth is I don't. There are so many things that I go through behind closed doors that nobody knows except God Himself. You know, so there's no reason why I should compare myself with anyone, saying that they have it easy, they have no trials, because we have no idea what their journey is all about. You know. Yes. So I still remember this very day or very night. I can't exactly remember the time. But this particular moment, when I was really at the point of reaching the end of myself, that I started to cry out. It's like, Lord, where are you in all of this? What is the meaning of it all? What is the point? And then He said to me, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways. But just as the heavens are higher than the earth." So are my ways and your ways, and my thoughts and your thoughts. Isaiah fifty, Isaiah fifty-five verses eight and nine. And God only knows what I need. You know, besides coming to realize that with my own strength I can only do so much, 
but previously all I cared about was how much I can accomplish with my own strength. I didn't tap into the real source that is God himself. I didn't tap into my inheritance in Christ, which Jesus has freely given me on the cross. It's only when I was at the end of myself then did I realize it is not about me. Since when has anything to do with me? All these things, whatever I have, it's all by the grace of God. You know? And then and there I realize whatever they say about me out there, whatever they think about me, it will not matter at all at the end of the day. What matters is what God has planned for me and most importantly who he is. If God that created the heavens and the earth and flung the stars and galaxies into their proper places and put the sun and the moon where they are today and all this time yet he knows my name and if I'm not as important as people think why would God even reach out to me through the teacher through the friend through so many others that keep pointing me to Christ whenever I felt any less and who kept pointing me to Christ when I was tempted to let pride get take over me but I was so tempted to believe in my own strength and you know what after I rededicated my life back to the Lord and I was for real I was for real right unlike 2017 like the prodigal son coming back home just because <laughs> he was hungry and then yeah remembering that even the servants at his father's house have food to eat you know whereas he after asking his father for his part of an inheritance while his father was alive and went out there to live riotously lost all his money and then it was famine he just got nothing to eat and he realized his father's house you know his father's family so he ran back yes 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 i was pretty much like the prodigal child at the time when i rededicated my life back to the lord back in 2018 but 2017 was more of just like you know more of a homecoming so to speak Our 2018 was for real you know it wasn't just a homecoming it was more like lord i really i really can't do this anymore I really don't know what to do but since you you still refuse to you know let me give up then hey take my life and do whatever you want with it <laughs> you know and I continue to move forward with life you know believing in renewed hope believing in who he is and what he says believing in his promises and it's been like three years and a little more even though within the three years plus Nothing is rosy for sure. More trials to face, more tribulations, more struggles to endure, more craziness. But you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. Because if it is God's will to make me more like Christ, but in order for me to be more like Christ, I have to go through all of the things that in order to um, build my perseverance, was my character and my hope and hey so be it you know for i believe i'm not here to tell my story but i'm here to tell god's story for my life my story is just 
the natural, just somebody who happens to be blind. But God's story is different. God's story is how He can use somebody who happens to be blind to do the work for His kingdom here on earth. And I am very happy to be that person. This channel and podcast is part of the work. The music that I play is part of the work. The people that I talk to is part of the work. And I thank you all for checking out my channel and podcast, for listening, for watching, and for sharing, for subscribing. Please continue to share it. You know, you know share the video. Continue to um, get your friends to listen and watch. And most importantly, if you are like me, a follower of Jesus, continue to do the work for the kingdom. And if you're not, you're still searching, well, I wish you peace and love. And may the Lord in His grace grant you wisdom and guide you to the truth. Thank you all for watching and listening. That's it for today. Until next time, take good care. Remember to subscribe and share and leave some comments if you have any questions. Thank you.